0: I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, and we are going to begin in the book of Luke chapter 4. And we are going to read a passage of Scripture there. I'm going to pray with you all, and then we're going to dig into what God has for us. We are in a series that we have called Above All, and we are dissecting and looking at every single miracle that Jesus performed here on earth. And why are we doing that? Because when we see what he did, we see who he is. He is the God who is above all. He is a God that is not surprised by anything. And there is nothing too hard for him. There's nothing he cannot do. And there's nothing he won't do for you. So go with me to the the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 38. It reads as follows. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's house where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged, standing at her bedside. Jesus spoke to the fever, rebuking it, and immediately her temperature returned to normal. She got up at once and prepared a meal for them. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought and on this on this message. The message of The miracle. Let me pray with you one last time. Father, we thank you for these moments that we share, and we thank you, God, for the opportunity now to dig into your word. We thank you and pray, God, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have for us today. I pray, Father, in your name that you would open up our hearts and our ears, Lord God, to receive all that you have for us. Your word is life for us today, and we pray, Father, that it would reside in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we pray the message of the miracle. Context is a powerful thing, isn't it? Context is a very powerful thing, isn't it? That, that a, a single event, a single event can have multiple meanings depending on the context. There was a quote that I dug up about context that read, without context, words and actions have no meaning at all. You see here's what context does. Context informs us. It gives us a framework to apply when interpreting something. Did you know that the Bible requires a lot of context? It does. You see it's it's really not that hard to make a mess out of the scriptures if you don't pay attention. To the context. I lead a small group, and if shout out to everyone that's doing life together, shout out to everyone who is in a small group. And in my small group, we talk a lot about context. I'm always asking the question who is doing the talking? Who are they talking to? And when did they say it? If you do not correctly consider those things when you approach any passage of scripture, just like the passage of scripture that we read, you could quickly make a mess of it. Let me explain why I said what I just said. You might be saying to yourself, Pastor, you read a a, a scripture where Jesus healed Peter's uh, mother-in-law. It sounds pretty straightforward. Well, well, I don't know if you knew this, but this passage of scripture, this, this miracle occurred in three of the four gospels, three of the four. Today I read from the gospel of Luke, but Matthew and Mark also recorded this event. And there's a reason to pause and consider that many other miracles that we find in the Bible only had one witness, meaning maybe Matthew wrote about it, or maybe Mark wrote about it, or maybe Luke wrote about it, or maybe John wrote about it. But to get that many writers, three of the four, not one, not two, but three, three of the four writing about this, it really is, um, it really should cause us to pause and try to understand what was so significant about this event and and why did three of the four writers have to capture this now again if you think about it for a second jesus healed peter's mother-in-law can i give you a cheesy preacher joke right now some people say that the reason peter denied jesus three times at the at the cross of calvary was because jesus healed his mother-in-law Okay, bad joke. Anyway, let's get into the word that we have for today. Now, now as I said, this, this event happened in three of the four Gospels. Matthew's Gospel records the event as follows. I'm going to read from Matthew's Gospel. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. Now, now, Mark recorded the same event this way. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside. He took her by the hand and helped her sit up slightly different. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. Now, let me take you back to Luke's account now that I've read Matthew and Mark. Luke's account reads as follows. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. As we look at each of these passages of scripture in parallel, we see that they all had something different to say about the same event that had just occurred. We have three different messages about what happened in the room. I want you to type in the comments section, what's the message? What's the message? You see, you need to understand, let's talk about context for a second, who each writer is writing to in order to understand the details that they have inserted into their text. Now, Matthew, the primary audience of Matthew's message was the Jews. Matthew wrote, and when he wrote his gospel account, his audience was the Jews, okay? Now, now Luke, who was the one who authored the primary scripture that we read, Luke was a Greek physician, and so he wrote his gospel, and he addressed his gospel to the Greeks. Now, Mark, Mark wrote to Romans. Mark wrote to Romans, and so each gospel has a different audience, and therefore the details or the message that is provided to the reader is different, and the different details are inserted for their benefit. Not with me if you're still tracking. All right, so let's go in now to the Gospel of Luke, and, and that's where we started our story today. Now, now Luke is written to a greek audience like i said earlier luke is a greek physician and because he is a greek physician greeks they were people of stories they they read into every detail in an attempt to paint a picture with their words so if you read luke's account in luke's gospel he pays close attention to every little detail now it was luke who said that jesus stood at her bedside, at Peter's mother-in-law bedside. Now, now, if you take the original language, if you take that original uh, um, um, Chaldean language that the New Testament is 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 translated from, if you take that, it, Jesus isn't just standing there, but he's he's leaning over her. He he's leaning over her at her bedside and Luke was very careful to point that out that that Jesus is now leaning over this woman who is sick. Here's what I believe Luke is trying to say. When you are in great need, Jesus will come to your side. I'm going to say that again. When you are in great need, Jesus will come to your side and Jesus is going to lean into your situation. That woman was sick. She had a high fever and Luke said that Jesus walked into the room and when he walked into the room he wasn't afraid to get to her bedside and when he finally got to her bedside he leaned over her. I don't know about you but that that fires me up to know that I've got a God who will lean in whenever I am going through a difficult situation. I get fired up knowing that I've got a God who's not too busy to lean in when I'm in need. I've got a God who doesn't have too much on his plate to come and to lean in to my my circumstance. If you know what I'm talking about, drop an emoji into the comment section. I want you to know that you've got a God and you serve a Savior who is not too busy for you. No matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult your situation is, no matter how tough your circumstance is, just know that he is for you. Just know that he is with you and just know that he is leaning over you. He is leaning over you. He is the God who leans in luke said when jesus walked into the room he wasn't afraid to get close to her as a matter of fact he leaned over her I t- i've talked to a lot of people who have said i don't think i'm good enough for god i don't know that god would want someone like me and and they'll never know just how incorrect of a statement that is because no matter what you're going through right now you are just the person god wants No matter how difficult your life is right now, you are just the person God wants. It doesn't matter how much of a mess things might be in your life. You are the person that he wants. He is leaning on your situation. Now, the gospel of Matthew, as I said earlier, Matthew wrote to a Jewish audience. And so he was constantly pointing out details that would resonate with the Jews. And so Luke said that Jesus came to where she was. And he leaned over her. But Matthew says it this way. Matthew says Jesus went to her bedside and he touched her hand. He touched her hand. That's an important detail that Matthew inserted into his gospel message. Because to the Jews, when someone was sick, you didn't touch them. To the Jews, when someone had a high fever, if you touched them, you would be considered unclean and they would put you away. It was unlawful for someone to come and touch someone who had been sick. So Matthew made sure that he inserted into the text that by the time Jesus got to the bedside of Peter's mother-in-law, not only did he lean in, but when he had a moment, he grabbed her by the hand as if to say that he is a God who is not afraid of your infirmity as if to say he's a God that cannot be tarnished by the wrong in your life as if to say that there is no law that is greater than Jesus's love for you as if to say there's no tradition that is greater than Jesus's love for you I've been in the church for a long time and I've been around different churches and I've been in places where we've had traditions and where we've created laws and we've tried to put separation unnecessary separations between us and Jesus But I read the text and I see a man who was not afraid to break the law because there is nothing that could separate him from the love that he had towards us. Come on, wherever you're at, look at your neighbor and tell him there's nothing that can separate us from his love. And just know that when Jesus got to where she was, Matthew said that he touched her hand. And when he just merely touched her hand, she was made well. Come on, type in the comment section just a touch. And maybe right now you need a touch. And if you need a touch, I want your faith to cling on to that statement right now. And I want you to agree with that statement and say, Father, if you would just touch my circumstance. Father, if you would just touch my life. Father, if you would just touch my marriage. Father, if you would just touch my family. Father, if you would just touch my children. Father, if you would just come near to where I'm at and touch me. So he's the God who draws close. He's the God who leans in. But he's also the God that will come and he will touch our circumstance. Let me take you to the third gospel, the gospel of Mark. And I'm getting ready to come to a close now. We've talked about Matthew's account. We've talked about Luke's account. But now we've got to talk about the gospel of Mark and the things that Mark said. In Mark's account, remember, Mark wrote to the Romans. Now, Now, the Roman people... Mark the Roman people, they were they were people of action and they were people of leadership. This is why Mark's gospel is called the action gospel. If you've ever read the gospel of Mark, you'll see that he goes from event to event. To event to event. He he almost paints the picture of a very busy Jesus because he's going from event to event to event, and he's also leading a team of 12 disciples. Now, in Mark's account of the miracle, he goes beyond just highlighting that Jesus came into the room. He goes beyond just highlighting that Jesus touched her hand, but he emphasized that once Jesus touched Peter's mother-in-law by the hand, he then began to lift her up. Come on, I want you to see that right now. Not only does he draw close, and not only does he touch her hand, but Mark says in his account of the gospel that he raised her up. He, he, he lifted her up, and he once more paints a picture of a God who lifts us up while we Are down, And I don't know about you, but this is a side of Jesus that I love seeing. This is a side of Jesus that that I can't help but fall in love with because when he sees me and he sees that I am down, when he sees me, not only does he come close and not only does he touch me in my situation, but he doesn't leave me where I'm at. He he grabs me by my hand. and, and, And listen, you need to get this. You see, he loves me too much to let me stay where I am. You need to write that down or you need to tell that to your neighbor. He loves you too much to let you stay where you are. He comes in. He leans over. He touches her hand. And then Mark says "The the, the Jesus, this man of action, then lifts her up from her bedside. And what a beautiful picture of how he's lifted me up. And what a beautiful picture of how he's lifted you up. You see, I was like Peter's mother-in-law and that I was in in a condition that I didn't feel like God could love me and yet he got close to me and he touched me and he didn't just touch me but he lifted me up I want you to get the depth of his love you see not only does he love you so much that he's not afraid to come to you not only does he love you so much that he's not afraid to touch you with the power of his spirit but he loves you so much that he will lift you up some of you are in need of lifting right now Wherever you're watching from, however, you are watching, you probably, there, there might be some of you that are watching right now that, that are in need of God to lift them up right now. And I want to pray with you. And I'm going to get ready to close this message out. And I'm going to ask you right there where you're at to just kind of lean in for the next few moments before I get ready to pray for you. But listen, he loves you so much that he wants to see you do better. He loves you so much that he wants more for you. He loves you so much that he's not going to leave you in that condition that you're in, but he wants to lift you up. Don't, 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 Allow depression to sink in during this crisis that we're living through. Look, you might be saying, Pastor, but I lost my job and and it's been rough. And, and it's it, being home and, and being with my family, it's not been easy. I'm, I'm carrying a weight I never thought I'd have to carry. I mean, I'm having to homeschool kids and and work from home and and keep the house together. And, and, and it's just a very difficult place to be, preacher. And, and And I feel like I am sinking. He's here to lift you up. He's here to lift you. So if you feel like you're sinking, I want you to lean in and I'm going to begin to pray with you. And then uh, and then we're going to take have an opportunity, some next steps, going to worship some more. But if you feel like you're sinking, this is an opportunity for him to lift you. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, because your word has come today and we see that you are the God who draws near. You are the God who touches us and you are the God who lifts us up. Father, right now, I just pray for every person that that is feeling like they're sinking. Every person that is feeling like, I can't juggle all of these balls. I, I feel like I can barely keep my head above water. I feel like I can't breathe. Father, would you lift them up the same way that you lifted up that woman? Uh, w- would you Would you allow your spirit one more time, Father? Would you just breathe your spirit on them once again? Give them fresh air. Those that are feeling like it's hard to breathe, would you just one more time breathe on them and allow them to get fresh air once again? I pray, Father, that they would feel a release right now. I pray, Father, that they would feel a rest right now. For every person that feels like they are sinking, God, you are here and you are in the room and you are lifting you are lifting them up out of their situation. You are lifting them up out of their circumstance. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, listen, we're going to enter into a time of worship right now. But before we do that, there's one thing that I do at the conclusion of every sermon that I want to do right now. And that's going to give you the opportunity. It's going to give you the opportunity to respond. If, if, if you have felt God touching, if you have felt God moving, if you have felt God drawing you to a next step, you can respond right now. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you can welcome him into your heart right now. And maybe you're saying, Pastor, I, I did that a long time ago and, and it's just been rough lately. I haven't been serving him the way I, I should be and I've I'm not walking as close to him as I know I could. Father, I pray I I just pray right now that you would accept the father right now again and you can come home and you can experience that fresh start once again. So if that's you, can I lead you in a prayer right now? Father, I thank you, Lord. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.